Hey, it's another Thursday here in the at the conversation. It's outspoken, it's opinionated. We are actually at the last episode of our season two. Who knew it that we would be here for two seasons? consistently doing what we love to do to have these amazing conversations. I am super excited today for the guests. I'm super excited today for the conversation that we're going to have because I think this is a conversation that is not being held in the Black community. And so I am super excited. I get to go on a hiatus, guys, until I don't even know. But I'll still be giving you guys little clippets of what's going to come for season three. But I tell you, season three is going to be dope. It's going to be way better than season two. Because y'all know season two is better than season one. So season three got to be better than season two. Um, I have somebody on here today who's going to be amazing. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about your finances. We're going to talk about my finances. We're going to talk about everybody's finances. Um, This is an individual who, I mean, he's multifaceted. He has his hands in everything. I think from the first day I met him, he was Try, he was doing something. I've never, I don't think he's ever rested. I think he's always on the run trying to make, I would say, trying to make Liberians look better in this changing world. That's what I've noticed about him. I've had the opportunity of also interviewing his mom on the show. And she, guys, if you watch that episode, you already know she was. I'm not going to say who her mom was, but when he started talking, I want you guys to look at him because. There, there's a lot of resemblance there. So let's see if you guys figure it out. If you know when he come on and you tell me who your mom is, we got a gift for you. But again, to all my listeners around the world, I say thank you for those for those who have tuned in from Liberia, from the UK, from Australia, from Ghana, Nigeria, from South Africa, everybody that tuned in every Thursday just to watch us and just to have this conversation. I want to say thank you for two long seasons. It's been amazing. I am super excited for the great things that's going to happen with us for this conversation, for the platform, for giving us the opportunity to interview some amazing people who have had dope people on this show. And today is not going to be any less than what we currently have, but I say again, welcome to the conversation. If you are not aware, we're asking you to go to YouTube, subscribe to our YouTube page, it's The Conversation, Outspoken, Opinionated. Of course, on Facebook, we are The Conversation, Outspoken and Opinionated. Um, on uh, on YouTube, uh, again, like I said, subscribe to YouTube. We're also on Spotify. The conversation, outspoken, opinionated. I don't know. I'm just kind of excited today, guys. So just bear with me. I'm super excited um, because I know it's going to be a good day. I know the show is going to be great. Um, our guest is amazing. He um, he it's just a lot. So without further ado, I'm going to bring in the guest, and he's none other than the Doctor Biko Mentine. Thank you for being here today. I really appreciate you honoring the invitation for coming on the conversation. This is what I say. Welcome to the conversation. It's outspoken. It's opinionated. You can say whatever you want to say, however you want to say it. Just know we'll hold your foot to the we'll hold your foot to the fire based on your opinions. But welcome. Uh, How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm doing great, EJ. Uh, thank you very much for having me on your show. I've uh, yeah, I've watched two of your shows. Of course, I watched the one with my mom. <laughs> and now, I would just say that she is in a league all by herself. Okay, so I agree. You no, know, she she set the bar all the way up here, and I'm just letting you know I'm I'm no I'm I'm letting people know I probably won't be able to follow <laughs> that okay. that. But, but I watched that my mom was on the show. She was the one who even told me about your show. She said, "Oh, 
uh, you should go EJ show. His show is very good. <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to do that. And then um, I watched the other show with uh, with a librarian girl. I forgot her name, but the girl that talked about you know uh, tourism and yeah. all of those things in Liberia. I didn't know Liberia had so many great tourist attractions. And when she was describing them, I said, hold up, is this the same country I grew up in? <laughs> I had no idea. So yes, yeah, so I'd just like to say thank you very much. You know, you're doing a lot of good for the community, educating our people, and I'm very happy to be on this show. Well, I know he's on the show. His name is Dr. Biko Mentin, but I'm also going to talk about his mom. He didn't say who his mom was, who his mom no. is. But his mom is the ordinary. The ordinary. The firecracker. The woman, I would say woman of substance, woman of power, one of Liberia <laughs> excellence, one of the daughters of the soil. His mother is the honorable Edith Gonglo Wei. Okay, your mom brought some more sauce to the show, so we expect a lot from you today. So I'm just gonna put you out there, okay? Yeah, but uh, uh, you see, I was trying to keep my mom in secret because now, once I once I call my mom, you know, then people raise the bar. You are so here, I, they're already put you, they're already put you on the pedestal. You are already here, but people, I mean, you are an amazing gentleman. Um, I, like I said earlier before you came on the show. But from the time I met you, you've always been striving for excellence. Every time I meet you, there is something going on. You're doing something to empower Liberia. You're doing something to empower Liberians. That there is so, I think your your love and your joy for just Liberia is just out of this world. I don't know how you do it. I take off all my hats to you. I say thank you for what you do because you might not know how much you inspire some of us to do what we do. Is because we see a young doctor who could be doing anything else. You could be doing a lot of things uh, else, but you decide to, you know, yeah, I do what I do, but I still want to give back to my my people. I still want to provide um, a lot of, a lot of things for my people. And so we appreciate you. But as you're here, I'm going, just tell the people who you are, what you do, and you can tell them some of, some of the things that you do. You don't have to set them off, then you'll take the whole one hour to show. Okay, yeah, so... Um... Yeah, so pretty much about me. My name is Biko Manton, born and raised in Liberia. Um, no, I experienced what a lot of Liberians experienced, the civil war and all of the mess that came of it. And um, I, I'm a natural entrepreneur. Uh, I, I established my first business at the age of 10 because as a 10-year-old, I got tired going to school hungry. So I say, you know, I'm going to make a little veg vegetable garden where I won't have to go to school hungry anymore. And from that vegetable garden, I was able to have enough money where I never went to school hungry from that day and um, enough money where I would uh, help my parents out once in a, in a while. And then four years later, I was able to form my first business partnership at the age of 14. And that went very well. And um, I, I immigrated to the United States at the age of 16. Um, I got my doctorate degree in pharmacy from Temple University in 2009. Um, and I've established my own um, financial literacy company called Minzo Academy. 
and I have my own uh, fintech company based in Washington, D.C. So I tell people it's not about where you uh, where you started off in life. It's not about where you came from in life. It's about where you're headed. And that's what I'm very passionate about, to tell people that, you know what, it's not all about work, work, work. You have easier and better ways to achieve financial freedom. And, fun, and personal finance is a passion of mine. So even though I'm a pharmacist by profession, but I've been in this space for the last 10 years, and I'm very excited about it. So I'm very happy to be here. That's a little bit about me. That's amazing. And I think, you know, uh, I think we are all, you know, I think we all need to know how to make our money work for us instead of working for our money. Um, mm -hmm. We all need to know how to, what is saving, investing, whatever it is that you can do, because we have mm -hmm. all seen that the nine to five don't cut it. Yep. And that's just straight talk. Um, for us, I always put myself out there. I am. I don't have an entrepreneurial spirit. I am the nine to five guy. I like my paycheck. I like my money on time. I don't like risking my money. I mean, I have all the excuses, but I am a good silent investor. So I'm the one who will invest and I don't need to know what you're doing. I don't need to know how you're doing it. Based per our contract, when you say at this or so time, this is how much I'm going to get back. When that time comes, mm -hmm. I need my money. That's mm -hmm. me. And so everybody that I partner with, they already know that. They're like, yeah, he ain't care, but the business, he don't do nothing. And that's just me. There are people, you know, mm -hmm. there, they, someone like you who are a great entrepreneur you are in it from beginning you go with it and that's great but i just want to ask you you know you being a pharmacist you doing financial literacy you know this whole covid thing has happened how are you how are you mentally how have you been with quarantine and all this kind of stuff how are you been good uh like i tell people it's not about what happens to you it's all about how you respond you know mm -hmm. to what happened to you right so COVID, the sad thing about COVID, you know, um, a lot of people die, millions of people die all over the world. In America, over 500,000 people, which is sad, right? It was a major um, crisis out there. But don't you know, during this crisis, a lot of people actually got richer, richer, yeah. wealthier in this crisis. And not to put my business out there, but I was one of those people that saw a huge jump in my wealth and uh, my financial success. Because every crisis is an, is an opportunity. And um, so, so far, yeah, it was hard uh, emotionally being separated from family and friends. You can't travel. You can't really do anything. You know, it was bad. But uh, that was one aspect. But in other aspects, uh, COVID was a great year for me, my business and everything else. That's good. And so since we're just going to do this whole financing, I let you just jump right into it. You know, um, during the, like I was talking about COVID, um, during this entire pandemic, there were a lot of financial things that sprung out. Uh, one of them was this whole susu thing where people were, people were told to put their money in and they would get this amount of money, but then they had to bring two people and all this stuff. Then you had the cryptocurrency. Now I think now there is a crypto community. There's a crypto space. I mean, there are a lot of financial things when, and that came about. There are people who took people money and ran away. And like bro, we said, give it. And you mm -hmm. had some people who were able to get their money and they get their money as well. So I want to ask you, being someone who mm -hmm. are financially savvy, I consider you to be a septimatic expert. What should families be concerned about or talk about when they're speaking about money? Perfect. So with with everything, it actually starts with the mind. Okay. Uh, I tell people it's all about mindset, right? Mm -hmm. 
why why is mindset important you have you have you have something called the training balance skill pretty much what the training balance skill says is when you're trying to learn new skills or do anything new right in your life you have to balance it between you know the thoughts and you know your reasoning and all of that the mindset and the actual skills so the good thing about what i do is i teach people both but the mindset is the most important because if you get the mindset right, you can get everything right. So first of all, you have to renew your mind about money, right? Because if you if you don't have a renewed mind, you will even uh, have that urge to even discuss money. So what are some of the mindsets out there? Uh, like I tell people to have, right? You know, when you are talking about money with your family members, your spouse, or, or even having you know your own internal dialogue about money. The first mindset, wealthy mindset, I call them, uh, number one you need to have is that you, sh you, should, uh, you should know that more money, now more education does not equal more money. That's myth number one. And I see it time and time again, more education just means more student loan debt. It not, doesn't necessarily guarantee more income, okay? Um, and and I like what you just said a few minutes ago about investing. I tell people, not everybody, uh, not everybody can be an entrepreneur, but everybody can invest. And investing and entrepreneurship are the two highest-paying skills all over the world. So, number one, change your mindset. The first mindset: know that more money, more education does not equal more money. Number two, you have to get. Um, in the habit of delaying gratification, instant gratification is what's killing our people. They want it now. They want a bigger house that they can afford now. They want a bigger car they can afford now. They want to live in the most expensive apartment that they can afford now. You know, they want to wear the most fancy things that they can afford now because they want to look good, right? They want to look rich rather than actually being rich. So that's... Uh, yeah, so it's, it's the other thing. And then third, if you look the world over, whether in America or anywhere in the world, the people who control the wealth, and there's a difference between wealth and riches. And when I have time, I'm, I'm going to explain that later on. But the people who control wealth in any country around the world are people who are producers. So always ask yourself, am I a producer or am I a consumer? Now, you can't be a producer for everything, but at least be producing one thing. For example, you are producing something. Yeah, EJ, you know, you, know, you are producing um, this show, right? Now, just a matter of time, this could actually, just this alone could be a, a stream of income, depending on how big your, your audience gets in the next few years. You could be earning millions of dollars. There are people who all they do is just do something like this, a show, um, internet show, and they're millionaires, right? Know, but yeah. be a producer and not a consumer. So producer, delay gratification, and know that more education does not equal more money. Work smart and not work hard. Wow. So once you have the mindset right, the techniques, everything will flow. Wow, that was, man, woo, this is gonna be, this is gonna be serious. Um, so I, you know, you're a black man. I'm a black man. You know, um, we mm -hmm. have to have these conversations now with our sons, our nephews, our little brothers about the whole, you know, Black Lives Matter and stuff like that. But we are not having the money conversation. 
So I want to ask you, as somebody who, you know, you are very vocal when it comes to finances, when do we start having this conversation with our young ones when it comes to finances? Perfect. So when it comes to money, there is never an age that is too young. If the child can talk, and if the child can understand the reason, that's when you start. That's it. So again, I'm not a um, child, you know, psychologist or, you know, um, you know, expert in that department. I don't know what age it starts, if it's five or seven, but I what any age that that child can talk, he can reason and understand that's the age you start to talk about money. And the sad thing, yeah, I'll just touch on that a little bit, EJ. The sad thing is our schools don't teach uh, anything about money, right? Financial literacy. Mm -hmm. Our parents, our family, most immigrants and Africans to be specific, don't talk about it. Our churches, um, religious institution, whether it's your church or your mosque, most of the time don't talk about it. Our friends don't talk about it. Um, TV and you know, all of that don't talk about it. Our jobs don't teach us about it. So where will you learn about money and finances, personal finance? This, you know, like I tell people, if you want to become a nurse, you go to nursing school, right? If you want to become a doctor, you go to medical school. But if you want to become wealthy, is there a school for it? No. No. That is where uh, that is where I come in because I tell people. The, the only thing that affects your life more than money is God. Money is next to God. Money affects, and I'll get into that later on, so many areas of life that for something that impacts your life in so many ways, I think people do not pay enough attention to it. Wow. So, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm so lost. <laughs> So what I want to talk about is, you know, is there a, you know, you touched on it earlier, everybody, you know, um, I just want to talk about the direct association with money and happiness. Society has defined what happiness is. So when it comes to finances and money, is there a direct association with money and happiness? Perfect. And this is one of the um, debates that have lasted, I don't know, for centuries or for as long as, as uh, man has been in existence. Is there a relationship between money and finance? You no, know, does more money buy more happiness? Now you have you, you have a lot of conflicting um, studies out there that show that money doesn't buy happiness. Here's the thing though, here's the thing. I tell people, life is full of too many problems. That's the theme for my podcast, Life and Money Ubico. Life is full of too many problems. Money should not be one of them. Okay? And mm. here's the thing. Money itself will not directly make you happy, but it's going to afford you the opportunity to pursue things that make you happy. So, for example, you know, let's just go down the list. Ooh. People want to spend no, it's been proven by science and research. There was a Harvard University study that showed that the people who have more fulfilling relationships on average tended to be more happy and live for longer life, right? But here's the thing. If you are living paycheck to paycheck, like most people in our community, I know aunties and uncles and family members. I was just talking to one of my, my, my cousins just two days ago. He's working two full-time jobs about 70 hours a week. So let's let's just do the math. If you are working 70 hours a week, two full-time jobs, what time do you have to 
spend quality time with your kids, your wife, your friends, your family. Those are things that bring, not the money itself in the bank account, just looking at it will not bring you happiness. But that money is going to afford you the opportunity not to work so hard to spend time with your friends and family. That will bring you happiness. Having money, you won't have to live in um, bad neighborhoods, like crime-rating neighborhoods. There are certain neighborhoods you're always concerned about your safety. They're always going to no, um, no gunshots, no, no fights and all of those things. You don't have to worry about that. When you don't have to worry about your safety, you're happier. You just go down the list. When you're not able to provide for your, for your loved ones, like for example, my dad had COVID, right? But because I was here, you know, he had some medical issues and COVID, I was able to fly him out to Ghana, take care of it. But what if I was not in a financial position to break that? And my dad is seriously sick, he's at the point of death. Would that make me happy or sad? Sad. So money itself directly will not make you happy, but it was going to afford you to do the things that will make you happy. So yes, and there was a study on this in the Washington Post that um, I can send to you. You can link it um, and send it to your audience later. That actually disproved that says, yes, money does buy happiness. That was a Washington Post study. Wow. So, you know, financial stress and disappointment. Um, mm -hmm. there, is there a formula of how much risk someone should be willing to take with their money? Perfect. So what I tell people is only take the risks that you afford, know that you can afford to lose. Okay. Let me repeat that. Only take the financial risks that you can afford. So for example, if if I know I'm working paycheck to paycheck, you know, and and I'm gonna get real here. Mm -hmm. And I'm sorry if I offend anybody. If by the way, if if you feel <laughs> that um, this is for you, the shop hit the right target. <laughs> yep. Yep. If you feel this is for you, the chart hit the right uh, target. But here's the thing. If you're working paycheck to paycheck, there is no reason for you going out investing in stocks and Bitcoin and all of those things because those are risky investments. If you just less than one week's or two paychecks away from the unemployment line, you should not be doing any kind of risky investment. None at all, right? So only take the risks that you can afford. And that risk depends on your financial situation. The first thing you want to do, I tell people for anything to build your financial house in order, start with at least one year's worth of savings. If you have one month or two months worth of savings, you have no business going out and doing risky investments. So first thing first. So only take the risks you can afford to lose. The next thing, as far as the, the best risk to reward ratio, for me, I'm an investor. I tell people, uh, no, you have you have different types of rigs. You have moderate rigs, high rigs, high return, and all of that. Anytime you're doing an investment, no investment, you're taking an investment rigs. Your rigs to reward ratio should be at least one to five. So, okay, I'm risking five dollars with the potential of gaining. I'm risking one dollar with the potential of getting five dollars. For me, no, I actually go for the max. So, for every dollar as uh, rigs as you get. 
ten dollars, and sometimes even even if fifty percent of your investment go wrong, it just takes two of your investments not to uh, no, it takes one to even out and two to turn a profit, and that's what I do. Wow. So those are the two formulas. So I'm just going to go into an investment, uh, the investment is expansion. And so spreading money around, I think we've seen a lot of people, you know, like you talked earlier, you don't have that much money anyway, but you're spreading it all over the place. So how much do you think is re reasonable for someone to be having in, to be spreading it around? Because you know, there are all these different um, things. Okay. So what I tell people is, no two people are uh, the same, right? Everyone yeah. is different. No, I'm a pharmacist by profession, and I learn how the body, you know, how everybody reacts to, um, you know, um, foreign chemicals, right? You know, you take a medication, you can take 500 milligrams of uh, of Tylenol, and you will be just fine. And someone else can take that same 500 milligrams, and it can damage their liver, right? So people react differently. So, so it's the same thing. No people, no two people um have the same financial goals financial dreams and everything and, and all of that depends on what your uni unique financial goals are so the first thing as i said when it comes to um, wealth and building your financial house it's like building a house you no know, you, you start with the basics number one i always tell my students and i tell people the first thing you want to do is secure a steady source of income. So whether it's a job or whatever, secure a steady source of income. Number two, you want to make sure that you save, save, save. If you don't have one year's worth of income saved up, you have no need, no, you have no business going, buying stocks, investments, and and, and all those things, or, or trying to buy expensive things, no, uh, expensive, no save 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 at least one year because that gives you um you know that buffer next thing after you do that then the next thing is get protect your income because i tell people people protect their cars they protect you know their car with car insurance their, their houses with mortgage uh insurance their cell phone with insurance but they don't protect the most important thing so i ask people what if god forbid like i have one of my uh, um, one of my in-laws, she's been disabled for more than two years, cannot work. Um, God bless her that she married a good man who's taking care of her. But what if she was single and she cannot work for two years? Where does that income come from? So ask yourself, if I were to stop working today, and please don't tell me unemployment because unemployment for most states is at one year, okay? After one year, the government cuts you out. You shouldn't tell me the disability because you would be very lucky if you can even get $1,500 a month. Most states cap it at you know, about $1,200 a month. So if can you survive on $1,200 a month? Just rent a loan. It's not enough. So ask yourself, if I were to become disabled or medical issues or stuff and I cannot work, how do I continue to get money? So the third step is to protect your income. Then the fourth step is after you do that, then the fourth step is you want to now start investing. And when you start out now, you should invest no more than 30% of your income. Okay? Invest no more than 30%. And then fifth step after that is now you start to reduce your debt. And there's a method I call the snowball debt reduction strategy. I won't go into that. And then six, I have a nine-step process 
uh, to build your financial house. Six, givers never lack. I've tried it in my life. There's a scientific, and again, I'm trying to be brief, but there have been research studies out there. That's why wealthy people give a lot. And I've tried it. The more I give, actually, like last year, I gave the most I've ever given, and my income quadrupled. Okay. So this thing works. It's real. The Bible is real. Okay. So now you want to set aside at least 5% of your income giving to um, people that are less fortunate than you. And you just go down the list. Okay. But now, as far as access to invest in, Mm-hmm. You always want to start out with the safest assets, okay? So uh. invest first with the safest assets, right? So for example, the safest asset out there is life insurance, right? Cash value life insurance. That's where banks, even banks put their money. By law, banks are required to invest their money in cash value life insurance. Most people don't know about it, right? And the bank's um, financial health is based on how much money they have in cash value life insurance. So put your money in safe investments, okay? So at least 50% of your investment should be in safe investment. And then the other 30% or 25% can be in moderate investment. And then the other 25%, if you want to put in Bitcoin or whatever, you, you know, you can go ahead and do that. Wow. But, well, but, just asking, but, that's, but that's where having a seasoned financial professional to sit down with you and um, yes. um, determine what are your financial goals, uh, what is your current financial situation, and you know where are you right now, and where do you want to go? And that financial professional will be that uh, will draw that bridge, come off that bridge to take you from where you are to where you want to be. And that's something that I do. I've been doing for ten years, and I've helped over a thousand people with that. Wow, this is amazing. I mean, you have given us um, a week. You, oh. Yes. So, Susu, crypto community, all these things has come out. For someone who isn't financial savvy like you, how do we know that it's even legit? Perfect. So, here's the thing. You, in any investment you, you know you make, right? Mm-hmm. You always want to make sure one of the ways you know it, you can never 100% uh, uh, prevent fraud or schemes and all of that. But one of the way you can reduce your risks is to make sure that business or whatever you're trying to get in is regulated by your local state government. So uh, this is the reason I've never ever done SUSU, never in my life, and I never will. No. So when people want to get me to join SUSU, I tell them, you know what, I'm, I'm better off taking my money and, and putting it under the mat. <laughs> no, they're putting I it. agree with you. I, I've had a lot of people in my community, even my own father, he lost his seven thousand dollars, you know, to a susu scam. Got in with some bunch of people, and they took all the money and ran away, you know, back from the LID. You no, know, you have a lot of people who who do these things with good intention, but um, does not end well. Okay, so any investment you want to make, you want to make sure that company is regulated and licensed by the local government. If it's not, and SUSU is not, it's just word of mouth, it's trust. But we know that a lot of people that are not trustworthy, right? So you get in there, you put your hard money, the person runs away and you and you go to the court. Okay, did you sign a document? No. Is this a registered company? No. Well, I'm sorry, ma'am, we can't help you. So if it's not registered, it's not regulated, do not do it. Even if it's your best friend, from back home or this and that, do not put your pen in there unless you don't mind losing it. 
And I like you say that because I, this is what go into our question, our one our last question, and we can move into the section where you do have, you know, you're going to educate us. We're gonna go into mm -hmm. that. But um, fi finances um, multiple has ruined multiple relationships. Let's talk about marriages, friendship, family relationships. What should people really talk about when it comes to money or finances, especially in romantic relationships? Oh, EJ. Yes, and that's and that's what I said earlier, right? Money affects every part of your life and marriages and romantic relationships. It's just one of it. What I tell people, most most guys, uh no, most women are not honest or upfront. But everybody considers the presence, but everybody, right? Whether it's a woman or a man, is always in people's top five checklists for a mate, whether it's a boyfriend, girlfriend, especially a marriage. Does this person, whether now or no, do I see this person, whether now or in the future, being able to financially provide or contribute? financially to the family and if the answer is no uh no my brother my sister most of the time they just x you out <laughs> so so if you are financially stable it actually gives you a lot of options not just in any other thing no but even in the dating world if you're financially stable it gives you more options because the fact is nobody wants to be with anybody who is going to be a financial burden so here i say when it comes in no, and I'm going to get into that in detail in my slides, but it's been proven by research that the number one reason people get divorced in this country, and by the way, 50% of marriages will end in divorce. Sad, but true. This is not me. These are stats out there. One in two marriages in this country will end in divorce. Okay? And the number one reason they end in divorce is something related to money. Here's the thing, that, and I'll go into those um, um, stacks later. But if you and your partner, you know, one of the ways I can predict when I sit you know, with couples and do financial counseling, one of the ways I predict whether a couple will last past seven years is if you argue about money at least once a week, 95% of the time you get a divorce within seven years. Let me repeat that because it's very important people hear this, right? If you are married and you and your spouse are arguing about money, whether, oh, maybe this person is not bringing enough money or this person is mismanaging the money or whatever, but if it's money related, if you argue at least once a week, you have a 95% chance that you'll be divorced within five, uh, seven years. These are stats, okay? So money is very important. It affects everything in life. So one of the ways you prevent that, just like people talk about everything else, you know, before they get married, people go and talk about you know, marriage counseling, they'll talk about their health issues, their past relationships, but people don't talk about money. That's something you need to sit down and talk with the person. Like, where do you see yourself 10 years from now? How much student loan debt do you have? Because what you don't know is when you're married, you are also responsible for that person's student loan. So that person got 200,000 student loan, you're married legally. You're also responsible. Those are little hey, things that yeah, people do not know about. <laughs> We're responsible for some other students. Those are those are those are things that people do not know about. So you got to sit down 
ask them, you know, they see where you sit down with your partner when you're thinking about doing, you know, you ask them your health history, your family history, ask them how much student loans do you have, right? How much debt do you have? What is your, uh, you know, what is your philosophy on spending? How much money, you no, know, uh, you no, know, do you save, or what percentage of your income do you save? Uh, you no, know, no. What's your what's your thought on long term investing? You no, know, all those things you got because this is somebody you're going to be with hopefully for the rest of your life, and you're going to create um, generations with them, right? So those are all important things, and for something that has. That's the number one reason for people breaking up, even more than the the, part, the person's past, you know, sexual escapades and all of that. I think the money history is even more important than that. So people don't talk about that, but you should start to talk about, you no, know, start to test each other out. See how well this person manages money. Because if you can't manage the money well with your boyfriend and girlfriend, Chances are you won't be able to manage it well when you're husband and wife. So start doing all of those things. The same way people move in together, you know, to test it out, to see, okay, can this person cook, can they clean? You should test each other out financially, right? So see how that works. If two of you are not financially compatible as boyfriend and girlfriend's dating, you probably should marry that person because if you have money problem, chances are you'll get divorced within 10 to 15 years. Okay. Question and answer time has been over. This has been a great, great conversation. I mean, I want to continue this conversation, but I know you being a financial educator, you being a financial expert, you have some things that you want to share with us. And so, you know, I'm going to give you the next couple of minutes for you to just share with us. Um, educators, give us the information. I put your information up here for people who haven't seen it uh, on also uh, social media. It's Menzo Academy, his podcast is Life and Money with Biko. Um, it's on Apple Podcasts, I believe it's on Spotify, but you can YouTube him, you can Google him, you will find him. Anything you need about him, you will find him. It's Biko, uh, Biko Mentin, you can find him, but I'm going to move now into the session where I give you the platform for you to educate us and give us the opportunity for us to really learn more about how, you know, our money can work so when you're ready and you have your sure. screen up just let me know and then i will add it to the broadcast all right let me go ahead here and share my screen and just let me know when um uh yeah let me know when you can see my screen definitely and guys of course you all know this is a live broadcast so this is what happens in the live show you're, you're seeing my screen right Yep, your screen is up. The screen is up, and you can go right ahead now, and we sit back okay. and watch it. So, 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 I mean, we, you know, we, we already talked about this. I said earlier that the only thing that affects your life more than money is God, and thank God, money has no, uh, no, no role to play in us making heaven. Because if, 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 if money, <laughs> you know, if, if how much wealth we have. Uh, you know, had an impact on whether we make heaven or not. I would tell you, not a single poor person will be heavy. All the billionaires, people like Donald Trump, <laughs> were our first will sit in heaven. So thank God that's the only thing that money does not affect. But any, any, everything else in life, money affects. Money affects your health, right? You no, know, we know that poor people. Uh, you no, know, most of the time these poor neighborhoods they live in full, you no, know, they live in full deserts, you no. Know, um, 
they don't no, they're not able to afford healthy food this is why most poor people tend to be you know, obese and overweight it's not by choice most of the time they just can't afford healthy food you know and their neighborhoods are bad life expectancy there's a national um, um, study done from 1998, 1988 to 1999 that proved that people who were better off, who were 400% above the federal poverty line, live eight years longer than people who were at the bottom of the economic line, no, um, not, uh, at the bottom of the economic ladder. So money actually has been proven has a direct correlation to how long you live. It's not me, these are stats. Romantic relationship, you no, know, uh, we just talked about that. Most, most of the time people say, oh, I'll just marry for love and all of that. But yes, it, most people are very realistic. 56% of people will prefer someone who offers them financial security overhead, over heels love. You know? And then we just go down the list. If, um, yeah, I mean, these are, again, these are all true. Um, financial reason, as I said, is the number one reason people file for divorce in this country. And then look at this. Uh, According to WFLawyers.com, if your annual income is greater than 50000 your divorce rates decreases by 30% compared to someone whose annual income is less than 25000 <laughs> So the less money you made, the more problem. <laughs> facts, no? Facts. Whoa, you know, couples, whoa, whoa. Yeah, and, and according to that same um, company, couples that argue about their finances at least once a week, they're you no know, 30 times, you no know, 30x. You no, know, that's I mean more likely to get divorced. And these are just more ways. Justice, you no, know, in America they say, oh, um, the um, you no know, equal justice for justice for everybody. That's not the fact. We know that poor people get arrested more. They get tried more and they get jailed more for the same crime than rich people. So so you being poor or not being financially well off actually can affect directly affect your freedom. Because if you are jailed today, you're arrested and put in prison, but they said your bill at 100000 and your trial doesn't start until uh, you know, six months from now, you're going to sit in jail for six months just because you're poor. Whereas someone who is rich uh, has their freedom for six months. Right, and we know that poor neighborhoods in this country are police more than rich neighborhoods. And then you just go through the public school system. If you live in a bad neighborhood, you don't live there, but you know because you want to, but you don't have a choice because that's what you can afford. Your you know your kids get exposed to all the bad things, crime, and all of that. Safety. Poor neighborhoods on average have more violence than you no, know, no than rich neighborhoods. So your life literally could be at risk because of your income level, right? We know during this um, whole COVID crisis, you know, the people who suffer the brunt of it were low-wage workers because now, even though this thing is killing people, people in New York and LA and all these places that COVID devastated, but they had no choice but to still go to work, you know, uh, go to the grocery store and, and work and were being exposed directly. So most of the people who died from COVID-19 were people on the bottom 50% of the economic ladder in this country. Whereas a rich person could afford to escape you know, to an island and be there for one year. They didn't have to work you know, at a job where they were exposed to the public. So when people say money is not important, I say BS, you don't know what you're talking about, okay? 
So you say money is not important, but the fact that you're working at your job right now, a job that you hate and people you can't stand and you're away from your family 40 hours a week just proves the point that money is important. Even down to the career we decide to pursue is directly related to money. We ask ourselves, what career can I um, um, pursue that will provide me enough income to be able to live a decent life? So all that stuff, follow your passion for most people is follow the money, where you live, all those things. Now let's talk about how money impacts life, okay? Over only 10% of people in this country earn 100,000. So if you're earning 100,000, good um, good news, you're more than 10, you know, you're in the top 10% of income earners in this country. This is according to Deb.com. Uh, the median net worth for people aged 35 to 44 is 14,000. If you if you have more than one thousand five hundred saved and you're under the age of thirty five, guess what? You're actually better than the average person out there. Forty four percent of people in this country cannot afford a four hundred dollars emergency, and nineteen percent have zero. When I mean zero, zero save for emergency. This is according to Market Watch. Okay, and then forty four million people have student loan debt. 62% carry credit card debt only, but I'm not surprised because only 30% of those people live on budget. Most people are, um, you know, most people would rather look rich, you know, they buy all these things that they know damn well they can afford, they rather look rich than actually being rich. And 56% of millennials don't have any money saved in a retirement account. That's half according to Pure Financial, 50% of people in this country, that's almost 150 million people are living paycheck to paycheck. This is why when COVID hit, boom, 30 million people automatically went on unemployment because they were just one paycheck away from um, the unemployment line. Two thirds, about 200 million people in this country will struggle to even come up with $1,000 in an emergency. Okay. And why, why is why is all of that? Because the average American has been trained by, by popular culture and media, spend, 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 buy a new car, buy this new designer thing, buy this, buy this. Every time you turn on the TV or whatever, is buy, 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 buy. So Americans, in this people in this country save less than 5% of your disposable income. So I'm not surprised why all of this is happening. That's according to the early town. So, I, so, so yeah, I, I tell people that, um, you know, you didn't come from a wealthy family, but that is why a wealthy family should come from you. So the sad thing is we don't learn about financial literacy in schools. Uh, our families don't teach it. Our friends don't talk about it. We don't learn it on our job. We don't learn it from TV. We don't learn it from our religious institutions. So where will you learn about money? Now, here's the thing. Uh, you guys have my contact information. I'm going to give you guys two options. You can either learn financial literacy for one, uh, 3000 or for uh, or for or for $100. And I'll show you the difference. But if you want to go to nursing school, if you want to become a nurse, you go to nursing school. If you want to become a doctor, you go to medical school. But if you want to be wealthy, if you want to be financial, you know, financially literate, what school do you go to? There is none. That's where mental academy comes in. So people who say money does not equal happiness, that's BS. Those are people who are just finding like an excuse to be broke. Money actually does buy happiness, according to the Washington Post. 
And now there are other studies out there that say, oh, your happiness will plateau at 75,000, but other studies have been disproven. There's a direct correlation between how much you have and how wealthy you are, because the money itself will not make you happy, but it's gonna afford you to pursue the things that will make you happy. So by resource expansion investment, I'll spend a little bit more time on this. What I tell people is everything starts with the mind. That's why in the Bible it says, you have to renew your mind. I don't know about renewing of, of the mind, right? So you, the first thing is have wealthy mindset. Get to think like the rich people. And that's why I've hung around a lot of millionaires. When I mean millions, these are people who have 100 plus million dollars net worth. And I get to see those people think and act differently than poor people, right? So here's the thing. If you are doing what 90% of the population is doing, and you are surprised you're poor and, and you're living paycheck to paycheck, don't be surprised because only 5% of this country controls 95% of the wealth. So if you want to get ahead, you have to do what five, what the top 5% is doing. And that's what I've done in my own personal life and I help people to do. So the first thing you got to know is more education does not equal more money. There are a lot of broke, educated, smart people who have PhDs and all of those things out there. But investing and entrepreneurship are the two highest paying professions anywhere in the world. Investing and entrepreneurship, the two highest paying skills, okay? The next thing is if you wanna get ahead, you have to delay gratification. We in our community have to get away from this instant gratification. I must get the biggest house now. I must get the biggest, the best car now. I must wear the Rolex wash and buy the Gucci and all that, even though I'm working minimum wage. If you do that, you will end up where you are 10 years, 20 years from now, you'll still be 60 years and still be broke. Don't follow the crowd because the crowd, most of the time when you follow the crowd, you get lost in it. The other thing is if you want to become wealthy, you have to be a producer, produce something. It doesn't have to be a physical thing, but for example, EJ is producing a show, right? Create something. Do not just be a consumer and give us never lack. I tell people, if you are in this country, you're better off than you know, 99% of people in the world. So give back at least 5%. Now, let's let's talk about the rules of money here quickly. At top, well, there are three different rules of money that up, up until now, only the wealthy people have been exposed to and know about. The first rule of money is the rule of 72. That was developed by Albert Einstein that says that, you know, you take 72, you divide it, by your interest rate and it tells you how long it takes for your money to double. Everybody would like for their money to double. Now, most people put their money in the bank, right? So 72 divided by 1%, assuming the bank gives you 1%, will be 72. So if you put $10,000 there at the age of 29, you have to wait 72 years until age 101 for that money to double to 20,000. What are the chances you and I will be around until age 101, <laughs> right? Chances is, is, is zero. Now, zero. yeah, this gives you all the other interest rate, but now let's look here. If you are um, lucky enough to put your money somewhere that gives you 12% interest rate, 72 divided by 12 is six, right? So now your money doubles every six years. So that same 10,000 at the age of 29, by 65, the 640,000 by 71 is 1.2 million. Oh, and did I tell you that the tax loopholes, section 7702A of the Internal Revenue Code that can allow you 
to get all that money tax-free. But if that money was in a 401k, guess what? You have to cough up at least half of it, both federal and state income tax combined. Okay, so that's the accumulation phase. You're, you're you know, um, piling up your money, yeah? Now the next way is how money grows. There are three ways money grows. Most, you know, the first way it can be out of fixed account, right? So they say, okay, we're giving you 1% or your CD, we're giving you 2% or whatever, but it's fixed. But most of the time it's fixed um, and it's low. Um, I tell people inflation averages about 5%, real inflation about 5% a year. So anywhere you put your money that you're getting less than 5%, you're actually losing money, right? You're losing purchasing power. So you are fixed. The next way is variable. So those are your stocks, your CDs, you know, your 401k, your Bitcoin, all of that. So you, you get 50%, like Bitcoin went all the way to 65,000, then dropped to 29,000. When it drops, no, it, no, you, uh, no, you feel like your heart is <laughs> about to drop, <laughs> right? But, but that's it. But, but I tell people, don't you want some guarantees? Everybody knows Warren Buffett, but Warren Buffett, someone asked him, Mr. Buffett, what's your number one rule of investing? He said, never lose money. And then the asking was rule number two. He said, never forget rule number one. So if it's good for Warren Buffett, who's a multi, multi billionaire, it's probably good for me. So I tell people, if you want to buy a car and you're spending 30000 on this car and, it, and the salesman tells you, yeah, you can get this car, but I can't guarantee you that this car, you know, the engine is not going to blow up or the transmission have problem even in the next 24 hours. Will you buy that car? Most no. smart people, hell no. But unfortunately, we do, this, we do the same thing with our retirement, with all our money, and that's how we invest. And those are some of the things I tell people. The, the third way is index. That means your money can only go up. It can never come down. So if the market goes up 10%, you get 10%. The market goes down 50%, you don't lose um, a penny. And that's where most of the rich, you know, that's where the Rockefellers, you know, that's where the Rothschilds, all these rich families, that's where they put their money. That's how they invest most of their money. Not all, but most of their money. And that's the protection phase because you want to protect your money. And then the last rule of money is how money gets taxed. Because what I talk about is money, just like everything else, has a formula. Most of 98% of people in this country do not know the money formula. I just hope you guys have a pen and paper. You can write this down right now. It's a five-part um, five formula. Number one, money, right? Um, um, the money formula or the wealth formula is money plus time plus or minus rate of return. Anytime you're paying someone interest, you're actually losing wealth. You're actually getting poor. Anytime you're paying you interest, you're getting wealthier. I, I get paid interest about 10% interest every month. So I'm getting wealthier every month. Whereas someone who is getting um, paying 25% credit card interest every month, they are getting poor, right? So plus or minus your rate of return or your interest rate minus taxes, and minus inflation. Taxes take about 25% of your income. So if you can reduce how much you give to Uncle Sam, you get to keep more of your money. So that's how money gets taxed. So you have different ways. They can tax you now, they can tax later, that's your 401k. And then you have other tax advantage vehicles out there. So I tell people there are vehicles out there where you have 50,000 and your 50,000 grows to 100,000. You can get that 100,000 the tax loopholes that allow you to take that 100,000 out tax free. But if you got out 50,000 or 401k and it goes to 100,000 and you, and you 
let's say you live uh, in a high tax state, combined federal and state income, you're going to take that out. Guess what? You think you got 100,000? I got bad news for you, brother. You only have 50,000 after taxes. Oh, and by the way, if you take that money out before age 59 and a half, Uncle Sam penalizes you 10%. If you don't take it out before age 72 and a half, they penalize you 50%. <laughs> so, so, so these are things our people don't know about. Okay. So, like I tell you, I'm, I'm just flying through this. You can contact me and I will yeah. share in detail. But I tell people that, do you know that you can actually withdraw all of your 401k tax-free? A lot of people know what we've been fed, um, that, oh, if you want to take out your 401k, you have to pay tax. There's a tax loophole, and I can show you how that's done. We can set up for you that allows you to take out 100% of your tax um, you know, your 401k, your retirement you know, money tax-free before age 59 and a half, tax-free. And you can create tax-free retirement. You can create, uh, don't you know, as a permanent resident, if you die outside of the United States, your, your, you know, your estate, your assets get taxed 40%. If it's over 60,000, it gets taxed 40% before they can they can pass it on to your family. So if your net worth is $1 million and you're a green card holder and you die outside of America, Uncle Sam will automatically take 40,000, um, will automatically take 400,000 before they give that money to your family if you don't have a trust. So we can help sell up uh, estate planning, all of those things to uh, avoid that. So this right here, I think is the most important slide. And let me explain this. This is comparing five different financial accounts. A lot of people know about banks, 401ks and IRAs, tax, mutual funds, cryptocurrency, and then you have your private pension and then you have family bank. So let me just compare here because this is very important. If you guys want, you can take a, a picture of this. This is very important what I do and why I'm excited about what I do. So let's compare these things. Number one, if you got your money in the bank, your bank will not give you tax-free distribution, right? So if you earn any profit on your money, you got to pay Uncle Sam. It will not offer you growth. As I said, if you're earning less than 5% on your money, you're actually losing money when you factor inflation. Most banks will give you less than 1%, right? The, um, well, the, the good thing about the bank is you won't lose your money, right? It protects you against market loss. Is easy access. You can take your money out anytime. It protects your principal. Boom. But if you have chronic illness, critical illness, terminal illness, will the bank replace your income? No. Um, will the bank transfer your wealth to your family tax? We know. Will it avoid probate? Probate is the process, the legal process you go through when you die. You know, your family goes through before they can get uh, your assets. Now, let's look at 401k. 401k only has one benefit, which is growth potential. Most 401ks average about 4.5, maybe 6% a year if you're lucky. But look at all these other, but this is where people put their money. A lot of people max out their 401k and see people doing, oh my God, why are you maxing out your 401k? It doesn't make sense. The people who tell you to max out your 401k don't max, don't do the same thing. Then we look at your yes, tax cryptocurrencies. The only two advantages they offer is growth potential and uh, easy access. You can take your money out anytime. And then you look at um, private pension plan. The only thing that meets all six of these benefits, tax 
free distribution growth potential averages about 8% interest a month, no risk of loss. If the market goes down 90%, you don't lose a penny. You can take your money out anytime. It protects your principal. It replaces your income if you are to get disabled or whatever. You cannot work chronic illness. It can give you even between $2,000 to $5,000 a month tax-free. It, it transfers your wealth to your family tax-free and uh, avoids probate. It's called family bank. You can set up an appointment. We can go to now. A lot of people don't like to get cash value life insurance because they say, "Oh, I'm not going to die. Our bank's going to die." By law, all banks are required to have cash value life insurance. This is Bank of America. They have you no. Know, you you just do the math. Nineteen billion dollars in um you no know, of assets in 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 um cash value life insurance. Wells Swago, seventeen billion. JP Morgan Chase, ten billion. U.S. Bank. Five billion. So if these are if these banks are the multi-billion-dollar companies, if it's good for them, why not you? Now let's let's look at all these people tell you, oh, max out your 401k, but yet and still they're putting their money where I just told you right here. They found the bank. This is where these people are putting their money, right? And um, this is GE, the annual median and proxy statement from 2016. Emmet, uh, Emmet. These are the uh, the executives. $375,000 in his family bank, but retirement, his 401k, only 9000 So these people are telling you to max out your 401k, but the rich people are not doing it. So why are we doing it? 401k is the biggest scam ever by, you know, by the federal government. So this is the last thing I'm going to close with because I know we are closing right now. Um, EJ, just one minute. These are four ways you can earn uh, money right you can produce income you can either be an employee that means you clock in clock out you have a job right just means just over broke the next way you can be self-employed that means you own you technically own a job because if you don't go into work at your uh, business you don't get paid your income is directly tied to time but we all know you only have 24 hours in a day you sleep eight hours you do whatever activities or daily living, pretty much just have maybe 16, um, no, maybe 12 hours in a day. It's impossible to work 24 hours. But the people on the left side of this quadrant, they, they make up you no know, 95% of the population, but they control only 5% of the wealth. You no, know, they're just um you no know, fighting over crumbs. These people are overworked, underpaid, and overtaxed. Now let's come here to the right side of the quadrant. Your business owners and your investors, business owners own a system and have other people working uh, for them and with them, right? So even if they don't show up to work, they still get paid. You know your business owner when you can walk away from your business for at least one year and your business is still running smoothly and still generating income. If you cannot walk away from your business or even one month before your business uh, breaking down, you're not a business owner, you're self-employed. Right, and then you have investors here. These people own investments, their money is making money for them. The people on the right side of the quadrant make up only five percent of the population, but they control 95% of the wealth, right? And these people don't work as hard for me. I don't I don't even work more than 30 hours a week, right? But I make more money than people who even work 80 hours a week. Why? Because I'm a business owner, I have people working with me and for me that, that my income is not tied to time. So that's one of the things I do. I show people how to go from the left side of this quadrant. This is where 95% of our people are to the right side of 
of the quadrant. It won't happen overnight. It's, it takes time, but it can be there. These are books you can read. Um, what I just covered, you can take a screenshot of this and it'll give you more details. Thank you very much, EJ. It was a pleasure here um, on your show. This is my contact information, my business address, my email, my phone number for those who want to contact me. That's my cell phone. You can contact me directly on and on social media. Thank you very much for your time, my brother. This has been a, a wonderful show. You have done something for us you have done something for so many people there were so many people online here who are commenting they're super excited they want to get in touch with you thank you so much for giving us this knowledge this is what i always say to people and maybe this is what i like to do you gave us something today that people pay for people pay me $350 an hour for this. You could have been making money from this, but you took the opportunity to come and share knowledge with us to give us the opportunity for us to be educated and make a change in our life. And that is what we're talking about. That is what when we say giving back and, and being selfless, we appreciate you because we say thank you so much. Um, you. I am just... There is a thank you that's coming from Kimmy Aditola. She appreciates this. They all want to yeah, get through. Um, we have someone here who's also an accountant, a tax accountant. Um, she mm -hmm. was also on the show. They all want to get in contact with you because you have just you have given us you've given us knowledge, something that we mm -hmm. probably have never had an opportunity to. So we say thank you again. Yes, it's Minzo Academy. Um, I brought you guys the information. If you really want to get in contact, it's Minzo Academy. His podcast is um, Money, Life, and Money with Biko. Um, the uh, um, wherever social media you want to get in contact with me is at Minnesota Academy. You can reach out to him, you can get more information, and let's make our money work for and, us. And I'll just add that my cell phone, you can call me directly. Also, my business phone is 202 okay. uh -huh. 855 Again, that's 202 855 six two nine four you can text me anytime you know uh you know i, I always answer the only time i won't answer if, if if i'm with a client or if i'm sleeping but i'll answer two, anytime eight five five six two nine four six two nine four nine four yeah six two nine four yeah that's myself okay. and my i just i'm gonna put it up it's here it's all mm -hmm. social media at Minnesota academy podcast is life and money with Biko. Phone number is 202-855-6294. Biko, I want to say thank you for being on the show. Thank you for giving us this opportunity to just learn from you. And we say you have an amazing day because we are out. People, production is texting. They want us. We are over time. But I say thank you so much for doing this. You have really, really, really done great job. This was the last. That's why I tell people I always keep the best for last. This was the last episode of our season two with Dr. Biko Mentine. All we did today was talk about money. He also gave us life knowledge. You also spoke into our lives. And so we really appreciate you. We say thank you for coming and you have a great day. Thank you. All right. You too. Okay. Guys, this was the conversation. I told you guys, this is what we do here. We bring knowledge. The conversation is open for business. If you need us, we are here. 
We again, we're asking you to go to our YouTube page, The Conversation Outspoken Opinionated. We're asking you to go and subscribe, go and like us on Facebook, go and follow us on Instagram. We are going to be on hiatus. The conversation is going to Liberia or going on the road in December. The conversation is going to be all around the world. We're asking you to partner with us. We are partnering with an organization called um, the Advancement of Girls. We're partnering with J-Pom. We're partnering with Iron Burger to provide 1,000 Liberian girls with period supplies. We are going to have a period supply drive on September 11 in Gaithensburg at Iron Burger. We're also going to be at the diversity is going to we're going to put that on our platform we're going to put out all our platforms they're going to be september 18 we're also going to be in uh we're going to be at a african diaspora show but we're also going to be there too but i tell you it'll be on our show we love you guys for being here with us we appreciate you all we said thank you for being with us for two seasons as we close the second as we close the second season we are just super excited. I am super excited for everything that's going to happen with the conversation. Stay tuned. The conversation will come on your TV soon. We're going to be on one of your TV stations. So get ready. Partner with us. Let's do this and let's take all the knowledge we have to the other part of the world. I say thank you for being here for two seasons. We see you season three. It's going to be great. It's going to be better. And like someone said who I admire, it's going to be better it's going to be bigger and it's going to be less expensive. So you guys, see you season three. This was The Conversation. And of course, I am your host, the one and only Edwin J. Meyer.